Good evening, everyone. It's December already. Can you believe it? I know we're all thinking about gifts and giving and blessing others and maybe what we want under the tree too. But we have to remember that December is the month that we get to celebrate that God gave. Amen? For, uh, John, excuse me, John 1 says that as many as received him, to them he gave the right or the power to become the children of God. John 3:16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. First John <clears throat> chapter four says, we love him because he first loved us. Those scriptures take on so much more meaning for me when it's around Christmas time. And I always want to remember during this time that we serve a God, a loving God, that's why we can love. And we serve a giving God, that's why we can give. So let's prepare our hearts to give our gifts and our tithes this evening and to remember that we get to love because he first loved us and we get to give because he first gave to us. Okay, let's pray. Lord Jesus, thank you so much that this is a special month where we just get to focus on all that you have given to us. But more than that, we get to focus on how much you love us. And so, Lord, as we prepare to give our gifts to you, as we prepare, Lord, to give as you gave, Lord, we just ask, I just ask, Lord, in your precious name that you would bless the giver that you would bless the gifts, Lord, that you would multiply them, that, Lord, they would be um, of use in your kingdom in a mighty way. We trust you for that, Lord, and I pray that you would remind us throughout this month, Lord Jesus, how much you love us, and that by your Holy Spirit, you would remind us, too, that you are a provider and that you are the one, the giver of life. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, this is also a special time where we get to have a special song by Christina and Keeley. Let's welcome them. is broke. 
the dawn of salvation. Yeah. Darkness reigns no more, for Jesus is raised. Applause. That was awesome. <clears throat> you know what's so amazing is that uh, Keely, who is Christina's daughter, uh, I remember when she was uh, a youth in our youth ministry, uh, she, was, she was just in junior high. And one of my favorite memories of Keely was um, uh, every time on Friday nights when we'd have junior high, we'd play basketball. And all the boys were like, yeah, we're going to play basketball. And, and Keely would come and say, I like play. So all the boys would look at Keely like... What? And so they were like, oh, okay. So they choose teams. I'd be a captain. I'd be like, I, I, I choose Keeley to be on my team. Because the boys didn't realize or they didn't know what I knew. And they, they didn't know that Keeley actually played basketball. And so when we play basketball, like pick up basketball over there at the court, you would, the, the boys' eyes, as soon as Keeley would start dribbling and start schooling them on the court, was so classic because they were like, brah, who's this girl? And now to see her, she's now a senior graduating this year. Man, it is so amazing to see what God is doing in her life. And you know what? That's actually what we're going to talk about tonight. We're actually talking about cultivating. Now, I'm going to be honest with you. When I think of the word cultivating, I think of gardening. And um, I'm not a gardener. Far from it. You give me a plant, I will kill it. Okay? In fact, I probably won't even try and attempt to save it. I'll just probably use it for a vegetable or something. Or, you know, it'll just end up in the trash. But I don't know much about gardening, but I do know this. I do know that every single person matters to God. Every single person matters to God. And in this season of Christmas, we are reminded that that's exactly the reason why he sent his son for us. Now, I don't know about you, but there are, I don't, I don't know if you know this, but there are many people who are not only missing out on the love, grace, and hope of Jesus, but also the life that Jesus has for them. And they're missing out on the beauty that exactly what Christina and Keely sang, that heaven has come down for all of us. That's what Christmas is all about. I don't know if you guys, I don't know if you heard about it earlier today, but there's something that took place in Oahu, and it's just another reminder of why the world needs Jesus. 
but it's going to use us. It's going to take us because that's where you and I come in. You see, we're tasked with being cultivators, cultivating the love of Jesus into this world so that there would be a kingdom harvest. See, God calls us to reach the lost one relationship at a time. In fact, that's our vision here at New Hope Church, that we would reach the lost one relationship at a time. And tonight, we're going to discover three biblical principles that will help us cultivate the love of Jesus to everyone we encounter. In fact, we get it from 1 Corinthians 3.6. So if you have your Bibles, you can open up to 1 Corinthians 3.6. And this is what Paul says. Paul says, I planted, I planted the seed, Apollos watered it, but God has been making it grow. And those are the three principles we're going to discover tonight. You see, to cultivate means to help nurture and grow. And to help nurture others and help them grow in a relationship with Jesus, the first thing that we need to do is we need to sow the seed. We need to sow the seed. We need to plant the seed. Because can I tell you this? You can't have a harvest. There will be no harvest unless you sow the seed. In fact, I remember when I was in a senior in high school on spring break, my cousin said, hey, come over to my house. Come hang out with me for spring break. And I told him, sure, what are we going to do? Oh, we're just going to hang out. We're going to hang out. Now, little did I know that uh, during this time, my cousin had decided he wanted to be a ginger farmer. And he needed help during spring break. And so I remember going to his house. I'm like, oh, yeah, so what are we going to do? And he's like, oh, so we're going to do this. We're going to do that. We're going to do all this. And then you're going to help me on my ginger farm. What ginger farm? So my, my cousin, he lived out Lapahoe's side, and so uh, out Hamakua's side. So uh, one day he took us. And I'm thinking, you lying to me. You would never do farming. Because he, like, he was a carpenter. He would do all that kind of stuff. But I was like, where in the world did you get farming from? Like, none of us farmed. And then he leads me into the pasture. And I'm thinking to myself, either my cousin's telling me the truth or he's going to kill me and leave me here. And so I'm thinking, where are we going? And he has, a, he has a farm truck. And I was like, where'd you get this farm truck and all this? And lo and behold, we get to his piece of land. And every single time I drive out Hamakua side, it always still gets to me because I'm like, I remember it. It was a nice big piece of land and it had rolls. So he told me, okay, get out of the, get out of the truck. I'm like, okay, okay, <laughs> okay what, am I, what are we really doing here? Like, what's really going on? He's like, you're going to help me with my ginger farm. Like, no, I'm not. He's like, yeah, you are. You're staying with me. You don't, and back then, we, I didn't have a cell phone. So it was like, you can't call for help right now. You stuck with me, brah. It's like, what? So, okay, so, so, so I'm like, okay, so what do we got to do? He's like, okay, well, I've already put the, the fertilizer and all this. You have to put the, the seed now. So I'm thinking, okay, <laughs> throw seed, right? It's like, no, 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 no. You got you to bend down. What? <laughs> you got to get down. I'm like, wait, 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 what? And not only that, you got to carry a 100-pound bag. He cut it open. It's like, the seed's falling. You got to move. I'm like, what do I do? What do I do? He's like, move. He's <laughs> <sighs> 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 like, good. There's 50 more rolls you need to do. So I did it, like five rows, and then I quit. 
I told him, you're not paying me. This is, this is illegal. <laughs> and then not only that, I was like, okay. So he actually, so what's funny, it took me like half an hour. I'm not even joking. It took me like half an hour to do five rolls, okay? It took him 20 minutes to finish the rest. And I watched him, and he's just going, he's like, he's like a machine. And he was telling me, you got to make sure you get it correctly, otherwise it's not going to grow correctly. And I was like, you're putting all this pressure on me. I didn't sign up for this. This is my spring break. I wanted to relax, and you're not paying me. And so he takes us to the actual farm where we have to cut the ginger now. And I was like, what do you mean we got to cut ginger? Like, dude, you just take them out of the dirt, take them to KTA. He's like, no, you got to cut them. I was like, what? And so he told me, be very careful because the knives are sharp. Yeah. At the end of the day, I had like cuts all over my hand. I realized I'm not built to be a farmer. I'm not. So if you farm, I give you all the props because, man, that is hard. I took one, I took like half an hour and I was like, I I quit. I'm done. One whole hour, I was like, I'm never going to be a farmer ever again. Don't ask me to farm. But here's what I realized is my cousin was really focused on sowing the seed. Because when I, when I went, he scolded me when I did it wrong. Because if I did it wrong, there'd be no harvest. There'd be no product after. There'd be no ginger. You see, we got to sow the seed. That's the first thing. In Luke 8, and we hear this in the Gospels, there's different versions and, and, uh, throughout the Gospels, but, but this is what it says in Luke 8, verses 5 to 8. And we know this as the parable of the sower. And it says, a farmer went out to sow his seed, and as he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path. It was trampled on, and the birds ate it up. Some fell on rocky ground, and when it came up, the plants withered because they had no moisture. Other seed fell among thorns, which grew up with it and choked the plants. Still other seed fell on the good soil. It came up and yielded a crop a hundred times more than what was sown. Now, you know, every time we read this parable, especially for me, like when I, do it in my devo- when I read it in my devotions, a lot of times I always focus on the soil. I mean, I focus on the fact that birds came and ate up the seed on one soil, and then some of the soil was so rocky that seed didn't really get to grow, and so it, it didn't last. Other, se- other soil was filled with thorns and weeds, and so when the plants grew, it, the thorns and weeds choked it, and it didn't survive. And then the, only, the last soil was only the good soil. In fact, you look at it, three out of four of the soil was no good. Only one produced a harvest. And a lot of times we look at it, well, okay, well, you know, I got I to gotta clean my soul. I got to, you know, make sure I cultivate my soul. But, but here's what I want us to focus on is tonight. Do you notice the farmer? Do you notice how the farmer doesn't look at the soil and say, well, I guess I shouldn't sow the seed because there's thorns. Or I shouldn't sow the seed over there because there's rocks. You see, the farmer, the sower, he's not concerned with the soil. His objective is to sow the seed. And what I get from that is, it's our responsibility as cultivators of God's kingdom to share the gospel of Jesus. What is the gospel of Jesus? It's the good news that Jesus came, the Son of God, to this earth to live, to show us how to live, to die and in his resurrection forgive us of our sins and give us eternal life because he loves us. That's the gospel. You see, it's not about what, focusing on what's going on in people's lives or where they're at. 
but instead bringing Jesus to them by sharing who Jesus is in our lives. Romans 10, 14, it says it like this, how then can they call on the one they have not believed in? And how can they believe in the one whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? See, here's the thing. The role of of sharing the gospel isn't on the pastor. It's on each and every one of us. You and I are all sowers of of the seed. If we don't share the gospel, then how in the world are people going to know the gospel? If all we say is, oh, no, I I have the gospel, I'm good enough, that's great. But it's only going to stop with us. It's not going to go anywhere else. I love it when Romans says it, that it, it almost puts a picture in my head. If no one shared about Jesus, nobody would know about Jesus. And let me tell you, there's a whole world that doesn't know Jesus my daughter, uh, Thanksgiving, was so funny because uh, we got together with my mom, guys, and we had lunch, and we got together to pray. And normally, my stepdad prays, but he was busy, and so we're like, okay, we're hungry. It's like 1 o'clock in the afternoon. We never eat breakfast. You know, we like eat some food. And so we're like, okay, who's going to pray? And so uh, I looked at my daughter, Caitlin, and I was like, Caitlin, you're the older daughter. You, you can pray. And they all learned the prayer in school, you know, the the dear Jesus, bless my food and all that. And, and they also learned in Hawaiian. And so I was looking at Caitlin, like, Caitlin, you're going to pray for the food, right? And as soon as I looked at Caitlin, my other daughter, Brianne, started praying. And the best part about it was, I was thinking, oh, Brianne's going Brian's gonna to just say this normal thing. You know, she's going to say uh, the Hawaiian prayer, or she's going to say uh, the normal, dear God, bless his food, in Jesus' name, amen. But can I tell you this? My daughter actually said a real prayer. Like, I looked at her after, and I was like, where in the world did you learn how to pray like that? I, I was like, I was astounded. I was like, I've, I've never heard you pray like this. Like, she, she prayed for the food, and she said, dear Lord, bless, can you please bless mommy and daddy and our family, tutu, papa. And she just went off. Like, it was, one, like, it was a prayer that I myself was like, I don't even pray like that when I eat f- food. Where'd you get that from? And I realized it's because she's around people who pray. You see, if we're not out in the world sharing the gospel, then people will never get the opportunity to receive the gospel. If all we're banking on is pastors to share the gospel, then how are your family and friends who don't come to church going to hear about Jesus? I always love this. I I know it's a cliche, and I don't like cliches, but I always believed in this statement. That for some of our family and friends, the only Jesus they're ever going to meet is you and I. The only Jesus they're ever going to meet is the one that's in us. You see, the greatest way to preach the gospel is to let the gospel come alive in us. When you allow it to cultivate in our lives in such a way that we no longer look like how we used to look. Because that's what speaks to others, not words. Sowing the seed means more than just speaking. Because many people want to tell people about Jesus. But what I mean sowing the seed means you're sharing it. You're giving it out. You're not just speaking it, you're loving people. You're pointing them to Jesus. You see, the seed is the word of God, and it is when it is on display in our lives 
that people will be able to better understand and receive it. How many of you been shopping last week Thursday? During Black Friday? Or Black Thursday or whatever they call it now. So I want to tell you guys, I love going shopping on Black Thursday. I love going shopping on Thanksgiving. And no, it's not just because I want to get the deals. In fact, I brought uh, one of my friends this, this past week, or last week, to uh, when we went to Walmart. And I told him this. I told him, dude, be prepared, because it's crazy. Like, you see all of Hilo in Walmart on Thursday. And it's funny because, so I told him, what I love about going to uh, stores like Walmart and Target, especially on Black Friday or Thanksgiving, is because a lot of people are there. And they have one thing in their mind. They want to get this, they want to get that, they want to get this, they want to get that. They want to get all these deals and leave. And I remember back when I was younger, and we, 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 this is like our tradition when we were younger, me and my mom, we'd always go, and it was a madhouse. And it was almost like, you, like people forget you guys realize it's Thanksgiving, right? You guys are fighting over a $5 movie, right? You guys realize you're fighting over a TV that, you know, might break on Thanksgiving. And so what I realized is later on, recently is that I want to go to, I like going to the stores on Black Friday, and I just love to just hang out, talk stories with people, laugh with people, laugh about how crazy it is and why are we in this line forever and a day, for something that, you know, if we just, you know, ordered online, we'd be getting, we could get like that. And so this past, this, past, uh, this past year, when we went last week, it was such a joy when we got to go. And you see the workers, and the workers are all stressed. Like, would, can you imagine if, if you had that job? You know, some of you might have, the, you, you actually work at stores like that. And if you do, I give you even more props. Because you got all of Hilo going... It's 5.58, open them up already. And you gotta, be com- you gotta be composed and be like, no, we have to wait, we have to wait. And you get people yelling, swearing at you, right? And so that's why I like going, because I, like I, like, I like looking at the, um, the workers and going, hey, happy Thanksgiving. So sorry for all these idiots, yeah? I don't say idiots, I'm joking. That's what my, that's what my brain is saying, but, but I say, hey, sorry for all these people. I just, how's your Thanksgiving going? And people were in the back of me going, bro, you're holding up the line. Hey. I just like, no, how's she doing? Okay? Just relax. <laughs> and so I talk stories with them. I love it because it's like, in the midst of all this cra- craziness and chaos and madness, I like shining the light of Jesus. I like love people. You like take this out of my basket? Go right ahead, bro. <laughs> going, apparently you need it more than I do. But you see, we got to be willing to Share the gospel. We got to be willing to share Jesus. Jesus never meant for him to only be for us. He meant for us to pass him along. But we got to be willing to share it. Otherwise, how are we going to cultivate God's kingdom for other people? The second thing is this. We got to pour into people. We got to pour into people. Now, I don't know much about plants and gardening and all that, but I do know this. Plants need water. And if plants need water, people need love. See, plants might need water, but people need love. My mom is just as bad as me when it comes to plants. In fact, she used to tell people, do not give me anything for any circumstance or whatever celebration. Do not give me any plants. Flowers, plants, whatever, because she kills them. And so I remember one year, I was smart. I said, okay. I'm going to buy you fake plants. 
So I did. I bought her fake plants. Like, oh, nice bouquet of fake plants. And she, I was thinking, she's going to guarantee hate it. She was like, oh, it's so beautiful. I was like, mom, they're fake. It's like, even better. It's like, mom. She's like, yeah, I don't got to water it. But let me tell you this. Although she loved it at first, number one, it didn't smell. It didn't smell like, like roses do or flowers do. And then it didn't die because it was fake. It was already dead. It wasn't even living in the first place. But it started to collect dust. Eventually it got thrown away. And I realized this. As much as it looked nice, it wasn't real. And in the same way, Jesus desires a real relationship, not only with us, but also with each other. You see, we can, sow, we can sow the seed and we can share the gospel, but just as important is building relationships, authentic relationships with, with each other. Hebrews 10.24 says it, let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. And 1 Thessalonians 5.11 says, so encourage each other and build each other up just as you are doing. See, this is an area that we cannot lose sight of. See, Jesus was and is still all about relationships. He doesn't want a fake relationship with us, so he poured into us all of himself, his spirit, his mercy, his grace, his forgiveness, his truth, his life, and his love. You see, we can't focus on just sharing the gospel on our own. Jesus sent his disciples out two by two to demonstrate the importance of relationships. And in the same way, he calls us to not settle for being acquaintances, but building relationships with each other. For some of us, this means that we have to let down walls so that we can pour into others. We got to break down walls of pride and, and fear so that we can pour into others. And for others, it means we have to let down walls so that we can receive from others. And so tonight, real quick, I'll give you guys maybe three minutes. I want to do an activity real quick. I want you to do that right now in the next three minutes. Find someone that you don't know. Yeah? Here we go. So what happens when you ask a youth pastor to do the message. I want you to find someone that you don't know. Yeah? And you have two options. I'll give you the harder one first, just in case if you're like bold and brave. Yeah? If you're bold and brave, I want you to find somebody that you don't know. Introduce yourself. Find out their name. And you come up with a secret handshake between you two. Okay? Now, if you're like, oh, I'm, not, I'm not that brave. I'm not that bold. Find someone that you don't know. Ask them their name. Introduce yourself as well. And then ask them, what is it that you want for Christmas? Okay? Just one thing, though. Don't, don't ask them for the whole list. Because you might be there until Christmas. Okay? Ready? You guys have three minutes. At 724, we're going to stop this activity. And go! And if you're watching online, you can work on this after. <laughs> but yeah. Help. Find somebody. I'm, and if you don't want to participate, that's fine. But there's a reason why we're doing this. I promise. If you got to write it down, write it down. Yep. You guys got him. You guys got him. Yeah.
As much as possible, try to go guy with guy, girl with girl. Male, male, female, female. And if you already did it like that, find one more person. <laughs> male, male, female, female. Okay, you guys got like two more minutes left. 120 seconds. All right. Have one minute left. All right, you can start wrapping it up. 10 more seconds, 10, 9, 8, 7, 6. Almost forgot how to count right there. 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. All right, so, so I promise there's a real reason why I wanted to do that. Now, some of you, you actually went out and you met people that you didn't know, you introduced yourself, you, you asked them their name, Maybe you ask them what, they're gonna, what they want for Christmas. Or maybe you did the brave and bold and you did a handshake. And if you did that, I'm, I'm going to encourage you to do this. From now on, when you come to church and you see that person, go up to them and do the handshake. <laughs> it's something that we did, in, we did at camp. Like every time we did, it, we did it with the leaders and every time I'd see my friend, the leader, at camp, I'd always stop whatever I was doing and then we'd do the handshake and then continue on our business. But here's the reason why I wanted to do that tonight. Because if we, can't, if we can't love and build relationships with people in the church, <laughs> then how will we love and build relationships with people as the church? I mean, how are we going to cultivate God's kingdom to people out there? How are we going to cultivate God's kingdom to people that don't know Jesus if we can't do it here? See, Ecclesiastes 4 Verses 9 to 12 says that two people, two people are better off than one, for they can help each other succeed. If one person falls, the other can reach out and help. But someone who falls alone is in real trouble. Likewise, two people lying close together can keep each other warm. But how can one be warm alone? A person standing alone can be attacked and defeated, but two can stand back to back and conquer. Three are even better for a triple braided cord is not easily broken. You see, once we build relationships with people, we can pour into them. We can encourage them. can live life with them. can love them. And we can discover Jesus with them. See, I'm so thankful that uh, when, I was, when I was younger, when I first started in my walk with the Lord, man... There's a lot of times where I was like, I don't want to do this anymore. But God surrounded me by building relationships with people that once we built the relationship, they didn't quit on me. Even when I messed up. Even when I fell short. Even when I was willing to walk away from it all. 
there are constantly people who are saying, listen, no, I'm, I'm going to pour into you. Even when I didn't want it, they still poured into me. Even when I told them, I don't want you, they still poured, they still poured into me. And it was only because of relationship. I didn't care who they were. I didn't care about their title. I didn't care about any of that. What I cared most about was the fact that I had a relationship with them and they were willing to pour out into me. And the reason why I'm here is because of my triple braided cords that God put for me. But that's why we gotta, we gotta build relationships. See, a lot of people, they wanna pour out into people and that's great. But you can't pour into something that's not there. You gotta build a relationship. And the last thing is this. We talked about sowing the seed. We talked about uh, pouring into it or watering. The last one is this. You got to let God grow them. You got to let God grow them. I'm not going to lie to you. This is probably the hardest principle for all of us to develop. Why? Because it has nothing to do with our actions. It has everything to do with relying on what God does. You see, we can sow the seed, we can pour into people, we can build relationships and pour into people, but ultimately it's going to be between them and God. Let me ask you a question. Have you ever planted a tree and watched it grow? <laughs> like, I mean, what does this one actually mean? Did you ever put a seed in the dirt, put it over, pour some water, and just stand there and go, okay, grow, grow, grow! Nobody did that, right? Like, if you did that, you'd still be there waiting for, like, if you put a cold seed in the, in the ground and you're waiting for the cold tree to, to grow, you're not going to be like, okay. It's been like five minutes, grow. You're not going to do that. You put the seed in the ground, cover it, water it, and then what do you do? Run. <laughs> right. <laughs> or you carry on with your life, right? And you hope that as you continue to water it and take care of it, it's going to grow. But you yourself cannot say to the, to the seed, grow, grow. Let it grow. You can't do that. And in the same way, when it comes to people, we want them to grow, and they will, but not according to us. That's why the Bible says it like this, Proverbs 3, 5, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. And I love it in 1 Corinthians 3, 7, after Paul says he plants the seed, Apollos waters it, but it's God that makes it grow, he says it's not important who does the planting or who does the watering. What's important is that God makes the seed grow. You see, when it comes to cultivating the love of Jesus to others, it also means that we must trust in what Jesus is going to do in them. That it's based on his timetable and not ours. You see, we can sometimes push or pull people because we want immediate results that it ends up destroying the growth process. I remember one time uh, we went to the restaurant. This is years ago, me and my friends. I went to the restaurant and uh, one of our friends ordered something that was going to take a while. 
And so we sat down, and we were hungry. So we sat down, we ordered our food, uh, they brought us our drinks, and we were just talking stories, and, and all of a sudden, the hunger hits. And we're like, I'm hungry, man, where's my food? And so I remember, uh, oh, we asked the waitress, oh, you know, how much longer is it going to be for our food? Oh, it should be out pretty soon. And, and so I remember uh, one of my friends was getting upset. He was like, brah, I like our food already. And I was like, and I realized something. At that split second, I realized we can argue as much as we want for our food to be made. Or we can trust that the cooks in the back know what they're doing and just enjoy ourselves. And so we just ended up talking stories, we played games, or, and what's so funny is we actually ended up getting into so much discussion, fun discussions about dumb things, that when the waitress came and brought our food, we were like, oh, wow, we didn't even, we didn't even realize that we ordered food. And then it hit us, we were hungry, so we ate the food. And what's so amazing is that as my friend was, as my friend was eating his food, he was just like, he, the one who ordered the, I think he ordered... I forget what he ordered, but he ordered something, and it looked really good. And as I was thinking about that, I realized this. They could have easily put his food in the microwave. They could have. They could have just said, hey, you know what? Remove the saran wrap, put him in the microwave, heat it, for, heat it up for two minutes, bring it out, okay. But it wouldn't have been as good. It would have been, it would have been junk. But because we were willing to, because we forgot about it, instead of focusing on that, we realized there's things here that we can still do. We can talk stories, hang out, tell jokes, and all that. You see, you might be here tonight, and maybe you're like, I've been trying to sow the seed. I've been trying to pour out. Why isn't it happening? Can I tell you this? Continue to sow the seed. Continue to pour in. Because we don't know what God is up to. But we can put our faith knowing that God is God and that he is a good God. And that because he loves each and every one of us, he wants his best for everyone. Hebrews 10.23, it says, Let us hold tightly without wavering to the hope we affirm, for God can be trusted to keep his promise. In 2 Peter 3.9, it says, The Lord isn't really being slow about his promise, as some people think. No, he is being patient for your sake. He does not want anyone to be destroyed, but wants everyone to repent. So if you've been here, if you're here and you're sowing the seed, pouring into people, but they still haven't changed, keep going. Keep sowing the seed, keep pouring into them, keep praying for them, keep loving them. And there's a reason why I say that. You see, the reason why I say keep sowing the seed, keep pouring into them, keep praying for them, and keep loving them is because you don't stop because you, you haven't gotten the result. You don't look at them and go, you know what, you, you're not changing, so you know what, I want to stop. No. The result wasn't even the reason why you started in the first place. You and I were called to be cultivators for the kingdom. Our job is to cultivate. Our job is to sow the seed, water it, and then let God grow it. Remember, we're called to cultivate, but it's God that does the harvesting. You know what's so amazing is that if, you, if you're here tonight and you have kids and you've watched them grow, 
you know that one simple thing is that it's not always easy. And being a youth pastor and, and seeing many youth, I've seen a lot of youth throughout our youth ministry. One of them was Keely tonight, and it was so amazing, like I said, to see what God is doing in her. But there's also others that I've gotten close to. There's others that I invested in. There's others that I, I shared with. I, there's others that every single week we used to meet up, do devotions. There's, there's other youth that every single day I used to pick them up the, uh, from, from uh, school and we hang out. There's youth that we would do uh, trips to Kona and hang out and, and just have fun. And there's a lot of youth that I've, 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 I've shared and I've loved and I've poured. And they're no longer here. There were, there were youth that told me, Ben, I think I'm called to be a pastor. Only to watch them as they graduate to walk away, not only from the church, but from their faith. There's youth that I, there's former youth that I follow on social media and, and I look at them and I'm like, oh God, why? Why is their life like this? I mean, back when they were kids, they, they only loved you. And then he reminded me. He reminded me, you don't sow the seed and you don't water it to look for the result. You do it because you expect it. Because God is still God. And I say that to you because there's some of you that maybe you have children that they grew up in the church and now they're nowhere near it. Maybe that's you. Maybe you grew up in church and life had its way and brought you far away from the Lord. But you're here tonight. The best thing about our God is he never stops pursuing you. He never fails in what he does. He lets us go so that one day, we will grow and receive who he called us to be. See, God has called you and I to be cultivators for his kingdom and his love. And during this Christmas season, we will have opportunities to share the gospel. We'll have opportunities to build relationships with people and pour into them. And we will have opportunities to watch God grow them. Tonight, I want to encourage you, starting tonight, let us go out and reach the lost one relationship at a time, cultivating this world with the love of Jesus, because every person matters. Amen? Would you bow your heads with me as we pray? Lord, we come before you right now, Lord, and Lord, it's not always easy. It's not always easy to share the gospel. It's not always easy to talk about you. But the beauty of it is, Lord, you, you didn't say we had to use words. Instead, you've given us our lives to be the testimony 
of who you are. So Lord, help us that we would share your gospel that has taken place in our lives. Lord, help us to build genuine and authentic relationships. Not that we use people, not that we're just faking it, but genuine and real authentic relationships that we can support one another, pour into one another, be there for one another. And Lord, give us the understanding of knowing that, Lord, you do all things according to your will and your way. And let our hearts be obedient to whatever it is you're doing. Not just in the, other, in the lives of other people, but even in our own lives. You've called us to be cultivators. You've, lo- you've called us to, to be ambassadors of heaven. And in this season that we call Christmas, Lord, help us to go into the world and reach the lost one relationship at a time. Because every person matters. That's what you say about us and everyone else. So thank you, Lord, for loving us. Fill our community, fill our world, fill our homes with your love. In Jesus' name we pray, and we all said, amen.